everyone and welcome to the Awkward Girl Pod Adventures episode 11, Protect Old Atlanta. And I have a fellow ATLian. We went to high school together. My yes, homies in did. here. Go ahead and introduce yourself, girl. What up? What up? I'm Kirsten Daniel. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> before we get into what you do, we're going to talk about some things that's going on around Atlanta. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, girl. So, you know, Atlanta got a man named Keisha now. They do. <laughs> so, I'm excited. You know, it's a shame that in we our lifetime, yeah. that she's the second black female mayor. Considering um, how black this city is. Yes, yes. she's but, the second. But we are proud to have her nonetheless. I am. And I had just one request from her. I don't <laughs> know if she can assist or who, if this falls up on her umbrella. Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm always in the West End, uh, primarily West End down to Greenbrier. Mm -hmm. I just need her to fix the roads. Is that under her? Oh my gosh. Because yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it was actually supposed to be a, one of the initiatives from our previous mayor, Kasim Reed. Cause um, right there by the beautiful, right it's there, awful. really, going down to Greenbrier Mall, it is rough. Yeah, well, you know, Southwest Atlanta, even though, you know, he was from Southwest Atlanta, she's from Southwest Atlanta, it's still highly overlooked in terms of its infrastructure. So yes. that is my request as well. Um, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, can we please get these roads together? Because it's bad that I know where to swerve. And I'm going to start the sending in my bills for my tires yes. that are continually flat. Because I just know where to turn and where to not go and to hit down and mess up my my little baby rims that I got on my car. <laughs> I, I'm with you. Please, <laughs> we we the people of Atlanta, Georgia say, please get these roads together. Come on, Keisha. We rooting for you We now. appreciate you shouting. Okay. And then, you know, another thing that I was so upset about, Bankhead Seafood is closed. Bankhead Seafood is closed. I didn't get over there to get a plate. Oh, they no, they ain't give nobody no warning. They ain't let nobody know, hey, guys, this is about to happen because surely we could have, you know, flowed enough money through there. Exactly. That and we could have helped whatever they was going through I to where they had to close. To try to figure out what was going on, like why did they close, and it was lack of manpower. Mm -hmm. And so that what tripped, that tripped me out because I was just like, we could have we could have put some money through there to hire somebody. Mm -hmm. They could have let us know something. We could have exactly. had something to so do to rest help in peace to Bankhead Rest in peace. Long live Bankhead Seafood. Okay. Everybody got a story about they, them and their grandmama going I to Bankhead Seafood. You got to tell yours day. real quick because I read your caption and I was just like, yeah. Yeah, this this was a thing. So I grew up on the west side, much like Arkita. We actually used to ride the bus growing up <laughs> together. So we like literally from the same hood. So my church was um, Springfield Missionary Baptist. The church shout out to Springfield right. um Scott's Crossing if y'all know about Scott's Crossing y'all y'all for real ATLians but um yeah so my church was over there and after she would have her little motherboard meetings I was at the church all the time um we would get in the car her and her motherboard friends all of them all the elderly people they over 70 and we would go over there and we get big old plates full of full of fish and it was lovely. I mean, you had to stand in that line, of course. Exactly. That line was always out the door. And you ain't, I ain't never really know what days they was open. It was only three days a week, though, yeah. right? Yeah. It was only three days a week. But when you got that fish plate, I think it was Friday, Saturday, either Thursday, Friday, Friday Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yo, that fish plate was busting. And then them hush puppies. Them hush puppies was busting. So, <sighs> again, long live Bankhead Seafood, right. man. That was, a, that was a part of West Side history. For real. Jeez, but yes, and also, 
I spotted a gym. You know, I'm lame, so New Year's Eve, I, I didn't go out. Okay. <laughs> so I came across, did you know 2 Chains had a show on Viceland? I mean, I knew he had a show on Viceland. Why? I just stumbled I, upon him one day, one day actually. No. Y'all do y'all self a favor and tune in. I don't know what nights to come on because I binge watch like all of them. Most expensivest yes. things. And baby, two chains <laughs> give you that south side collard part. Yeah. And it, it, what what I love about it, he's showing you the most extravagance, but he's still being true to himself. Yeah, he's he being is true. Two chains. I think I, the one I watched was. Um, <laughs> Something they were eating steak and they tried to get him to eat the steak. He was like, "No, I don't eat meat. I ain't, yeah. I ain't eating that. <laughs> I'm not gonna eat that with with the fish eggs in it. Exactly. Some some type of really expensive caviar or something that was oh in the God. in the, the steak." Robert Leach, I think, was on there. Maybe so. Oh my I don't know. He's he's very true to himself. He's true to form, and we can appreciate that. Yeah. Around the world, he is gonna always be authentic. And so this is, I actually scared myself. Uh, I knew about this because, you know, I'm going to raise this. The Atlanta Monster Podcast. Mm-hmm. It's basically pinpointing the Atlanta child murders that took place in 1979 to 81. Mm-hmm. And the podcast is amazing because they're starting to open up different things uh, that I didn't even know. And so I told my mom, I did call her, and I said, you a G for bringing me in the world in Man, around that time, right? <laughs> that was, was right like, when it was, re- it, it was it, really happening. Because he was on trial in January. I was born in July. So basically, uh, what was going on, it was a series of kids coming up missing, um, mostly uh, black boys. It mm-hmm. was two black girls, I think. And um, it was crazy. Sorry. <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah. No, that was that was really crazy, and especially on our side of town. And you know where they found him? Do you know where they picked him up at? Right there by Busy Bee on the Jackson Parkway Bridge. That's where they picked him up at. And I told my mom, it's way too close to home. I was like, <laughs> way too close. Wait a minute. I knew about this, but I was like, maybe because I was a kid, I didn't deep dive into it. But when I looked, I listened to the first episode last Friday, mm-hmm. and I was up looking at. They made an actual docu series that has like Morgan Freeman. Oh, wow. uh, all the, a lot of hitters in it. It is crazy. Uh, Martin Sheen is in it. I'm gonna have to find the links and put it into it. It was on YouTube, so I watched it and I actually got scared. Oh, yeah, please was, put that up because I, I haven't heard of that I and I would love either. to check it out because like you said, it was so much information that was shared in the podcast, you know, and I, I just really love the way that the podcast was presented because mm-hmm. it was very theatric. I think I saw it the first time on my like, like my little podcast exactly. page and they were doing trailers for it. The only part I do wish was a little bit different. I think, you know, we we have to kind of take control of telling our own narrative, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes. Yeah. Um, ownership of our own stories. That's that's just my well, real opinion about it. The little guys that they, start from the west side. They, they, they do have those guys. I can appreciate those guys. But, you know, I think we got to really, really be responsible for telling our stories. But um, I'm, honestly, I'm, I think they did do a great job, though. I learned see. a lot. And, you know, I'm, I'm interested in seeing the development mm-hmm. of Because, this. honestly, in my opinion... It was like 30 kids that came up missing. I honestly don't think that that one guy did it all. Basically, because you got, I'm going to send you the two links for the docuseries, and I'm going to put it in the episode notes, too. Because the periods of how the kids were coming up missing, it, I don't think it was possible for, for one, one person to, to, to do be, that. Yeah. They have one guy in jail now, and um, they actually 
retested some of the DNA and actually was able to. It's amazing how technology has transformed because back in the day, they didn't even have that much. Mm -hmm. But now they had the fibers and some mm -hmm. other stuff and his hair or something was on one of the kids. Mm -hmm. And that's how they actually charged him for one of the guys. That was on the podcast too, I think. Uh, wow. Patrick, the one, the Patrick guy. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy. I told my mom, man, I understand now totally why you were so protective, yeah. overprotective. Because that scared me. It made, it didn't really scare me. I think it was just eerie because it was in our hood. Yeah, it was in our neighborhood. So my brother, I have a brother that's 10 years older than me. And so... So yeah, he was in... I he know was, your he, mom. Yeah. Yeah, so he was very, you know, very much so a, a child when this mm -hmm. was going on. He yes. was in the target age. And so um, that's that used to be a running joke. It, it, it wasn't funny, but they used to say, you better come in this house for what? Exactly. You know, somebody would be out there and grab you up. That was the thing. It, it was know. a very... It was a reality for our generation, you know, for that generation at the time, especially considering our neighborhood. Right. Man, it's so crazy. yeah, it's it was it was crazy, and I'm I'm with you. I don't think that was a solo job, no. you know. And and it's kind of interesting that it was it's still a lot of mystery surrounding what happened, what took place around that time. And that's what made me upset as well because when you watch the little docu series, they didn't investigate properly because you know Maynard Jackson was the first black mayor at that mm -hmm, time, mm -hmm. and they had like a black commissioner, and so it was still a lot of racial tension going on. So when they was interviewing the parents, they were trying to blame the parents and not try to actually figure out what was going on with the kids. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, it was... Yeah, post that up. link, please, so I everybody will. can check that out. It is very interesting. We're going to have to... We're going to talk more about it because I was just like, this is... <laughs> yeah. It baffled me. But you know what I did last weekend? What's I went up? around to Greenbrier area, which was nostalgic for me because not a lot of people know uh, my uncle... Uh, was Harry's? He's my uncle Ben, but he's Ooh, I Harry. I was your uncle. Yes, so he's a, a legend. Yes, in the hood. So I went over to Greenbrier Discount Mall. Can I say that I never took a Harry's photo? What? I know. Isn't that crazy? I always went to we like going, shots. We going. We going. Yeah, yeah. Please tell your uncle. Because I'm going to try I'm overdue. Yeah. I'm long overdue. Because every, everybody got, that one made my heart feel so good when I posted that I interviewed him. Everybody was just like, oh my God, he documented all of my childhood. Mm-hmm. So I have I posted something a long, long time ago about that, and people were tagging me in their photos. Yeah, which was super, super cool because we all have that same memory, you know. Yes, because he's been doing this for thirty-eight years. Wow, thirty-eight years in the photography business. He's still located at well, he's across the way from the flea market. You know the uh, Green Bar Flea Market. That's where his original uh -huh. location. He's now in the discount mall, okay, which is in front of Green Bar Mall, which is also legendary. Yes, I felt so nostalgic. Because I used to shop in Greenbrier. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to kick it to the interview. It is very short because, to my surprise, Greenbrier Discount Mile is still popping on Saturdays. Um, yeah. yeah, I went over there on a Saturday. I want to talk to him briefly uh, before, you know, customers start rolling in. So the interview is brief, but I do have some gems for you guys. So we're going to run into that, Lexi. All right. I'm here with an ATL legend, even though I don't think he considered himself a legend. He's my Uncle Ben, but he's known to the Atlanta area as Harry's. So I, what I want to ask you, when, uh, what year did you start Harry's? I started Harry's, <clears throat> I started Harry's in uh, 2000, 1980. Yeah. 1980, because I know I got some of your old pictures of when you took of my mom and my right. dad. Right. <laughs> and uh, I think Shaquille was all there and everybody. Right. And you took all my pictures in high school and everything, too, for my prom. Right, right. So how hard was it in 1980 as being an entrepreneur in the city? How hard was it for you starting your own business? 
when I got when I got when I started my business, I went to photography school in '79 and '80. Once I finished photography school, uh, no one wanted to hire me. I was staying uh, in in the projects up the street from Perry Homes. Mm -hmm. I started my business in my apartment. Okay, I sold all my living room furniture, <laughs> <laughs> and I set up me a studio. I had one chair. I had two painters caps, and that's basically what we started with. And and after, excuse me, mm -hmm. after after I got started, it it took a while uh, to 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 figure out exactly what people wanted right. in the area that I was working in. I kept trying to do what everyone else was doing. Right. And then I had to realize that people was coming to me to get something different. Right. Okay. And then that's what I started doing. I started looking at all my pictures and figuring out exactly what they wanted and that's what I tried to give to them. See? Okay. Excellent. So I see now you evolved and you're still here in 2018, but you left off the signature Harry's off the pictures now. Why did you take that off? Everyone uh, wanted uh, instant. Okay. So I, I had to make adjustments. And the paper that I'm using now, when I try to emboss the pictures, okay. it looks almost like it's, the, the pictures are tore up. Okay. And for that reason, I stopped doing it. Oh, and man. I really hated to do it. But <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any advice for upcoming entrepreneurs in the city that's trying to go out on their own, but they're kind of scared? Or, you know, do you have any advice for them? First thing you need to do is uh, set you a good foundation and stick to that foundation. And what I mean by that, a lot of time people uh, listen to other people and they know exactly what they want to do, but someone else starts telling you, okay, you need to do it this way, this way, and eventually it's not exactly what you wanted to do. It's what they wanted you to do. And if it was that awesome to them, they would already be doing it. Right. And you, you need to stick with what you want to do uh, and go for it. See? Awesome. Thank you so much. I want y'all to actually go out and support him because he's still um, at the Green Bar Discount Mall, like I said. And on your birthday, you get a free 8 by 10 portrait. Oh, nice. With no purchase. So, But also, you might want to do a purchase because... Is he has still affordable rates. Like even back in the day, his prices were I think around the same. But now for twenty five dollars, you get all of this. You get one eight by ten, two five by seven, and sixteen wallets okay. for twenty five dollars. I think I might make a trip to him this year for sure. Exactly. So we got a cool birthday birthday uh, yeah. event for me. So that's what we're going to talk about: protecting old Atlanta, and that's why I wanted you to come on to just talk about what you do, and then we can kind of say how we can get keep our money in our community to keep some of our businesses in business. Because you see Bankhead Seafood is done. Mm -hmm. And so just tell the people what you do around the city, and then we can kind of talk about some ways that can protect and invest in our parts of the city. Okay, so for me, I um, I work in the music industry. I'm a music executive full-time. Um, I have, do some consulting on the music management and the uh, marketing, music marketing side as well. Um, that kind of started me with the business that I have now, which is called ATL. 
I realized that in going to a lot of music meetings and meeting with a lot of other executives that they were drawing from us culturally, um, but a, a lot of people don't really identify with what Atlanta truly means from an Atlanta native perspective. So I started creating apparel that pretty much uh, celebrates the urban side of Atlanta. So you'll see that there, I got a, you know, know who else want to F with Hollywood Court shirt. You well, know, I, got I got my old Atlanta t-shirt yeah, on today. Yeah, you got, you got the old Atlanta, which I'll get into in a moment. I have, um, you know, I had a shirt that said Get High. It was an old, uh, urbanized old to, um, you know, the High Museum, somewhere between Bakehead and Buckhead, because literally, geographically, that's where you and mm-hmm. I both grew up and the way we grew up. And, um, and then I produced a shirt a couple years ago at this point that says Old Atlanta. Um, Again, the reason I did this was because I felt like, you know, I need to present something to people that allows us as natives to really kind of dictate our narrative, to control our narrative, you know what I mean? Like a way to really promote us in a more positive way or in a way that is... um, you know, people can can identify with. And the best way, you know, for me, the way that I know and the way I've begun to do business is to start by putting it on the shirt. You know, right. what better way than to use human beings as your marketing tools? So I created the Old Atlanta shirt because, for me, I just started to look around and see how differently the city um, was looking to me, how, how different things felt, um, how how most of the people that I had begun to run into were not even from here, didn't understand certain parts of it. Mm-hmm. You know, people used to joke about, joke with me and about how I talk or how people I'm around talk, you know, how we spoke. And I'm like, man, like people really don't understand us natively. You're right. They don't understand us natively. And so that kind of spawned the old Atlanta concept because I'm not saying I'm against new Atlanta or what Atlanta is growing to be. All I'm saying is that we have to reference what was in order to respect what will be. Exactly. Um, so that's kind of the purpose in that it has grown to be more of a prominent conversation than I ever could expect. I was in a room full of big, you know, big time music people, mm-hmm. big time music um um, artists and executives and and that was it, it was an argument in the room and a part of me was you know like dang this is a <laughs> this is this is really a thing huh that people are starting to identify you know it was positioned as a negative part of one conversation as a positive part of another you know way that the conversation was approached but either way I was proud at the fact that it had become a conversation in terms of the preservation so that brings me to your question which mm-hmm. is how do you preserve it and I think the way you preserve it is by reverencing it you know you have to we have to reverence how the makeup of the city mm-hmm. we have to reverence you know the era in which Dr. Martin Luther King you know really politically allowed us to be leaders and seen as, you know, prominent figures in the community and the way our mayoral system has been set up in the in the way that black people can really lead a city that is essentially segregated. Exactly. It's essentially segregated, you know what I mean? But still, there we have black ownership in that way. And I think that in order for us to preserve, we have to acknowledge that and we have to respect our positions as such. We have to protect our intellectual properties, you know what I mean? We talked about um, the infrastructure of Southwest Atlanta earlier in the podcast. We have to really take ownership of our, you know, of our communities. If that means us getting together, you and I, and say, mm-hmm. okay, you know, we're going to go 
we're going to clean up the streets on Saturday. Right. You know, because the city obviously doesn't see this as a priority more than they do Buckhead. And so let's us get together. And, and see, that's what that what bothers me because I stay in Cobb County. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you the streets are so smooth, they redid yeah. over the streets. Oh, no, they're going to constantly be redoing these streets. Redoing and redoing. And I come down to my grandmother's house two or three times a week, and it baffles me how they just drag their feet to do any kind of, you know, repairs to the roads or they do a, a patch up with the thing that I don't know why they put that metal plate you know what I'm talking about that messes up your tires even more I hate that metal plate and they have gaps in them like come on I'm gonna fall in the, this is worse damage than a doggone hole at least so, I see the hole I can go over it yes so I think that's a good we do need to have some kind of initiative because that's what I do because I my zip code is 30339 mm-hmm. but I, I spend my money in 30310 or mm-hmm. 30311 mm-hmm. or 30331 mm-hmm. because that's you know, they look at that geographically. Mm-hmm. They see if, you know, people from my zip code or people from 30331, they go up to 30339 to spend their money or they'll go to Lennox to mm-hmm. spend their money. So that's why I do the reverse. Mm-hmm. I do all my grocery shopping down at Big Bear. Go, girl. And down in the West End. I don't know what Big Bear is. Down in the West, West End. End? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So yeah. geographically, they look at stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I know they're wondering, like, why? They probably don't even just see me because I'm just doing it. But if, if we get the masses, if you live in one area, go in, go to Greenbrier or go down to somewhere else and do your grocery shopping or go shopping and spend your money in our community. Mm-hmm. People don't even know. That's what kills me when people move here. They don't know geographically like Auburn Avenue was uh, for us. Yeah. And Greenbrier Mall was our mall. It was a mall for the people. West End, our mall. Yeah, exactly. And, and yet, you know, if you go in these malls, all of the doors, you know, a lot of the doors are closed in, in those shops. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to South DeKalb a lot because um, I like to buy sneakers. And the sneaker shops are keeping yes. that mall open. Sneakers, just like Green Bar. Sneaker shops are keeping the black malls open. Yeah, just like Green Bar. Yeah, and, you know, I'm I'm appreciative of that. But I'm also sad at the fact that, you know, black business, one one business, I, I have to shout out this business. What's the name of the, the black bookstore in Green Bar? Yes, Madhu, because I have Madu. my book in there. Madhu. Shout yes. out to Madhu for being, like, really a, a, a staple yes. in Green Brown Mall for so many years. And I try to buy my books. I try not to buy books from Barnes & Noble. I try to go over there and buy books from there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, black businesses have really been – it's been difficult for us to sustain in these, um, you know, in, in these outlets because of the lack of loyalty. We have exactly. a lack of loyalty as it relates to um, – you know, shopping with one another. We mm-hmm. really do, and that's a problem that we have to somehow really identify and force people to see the value in that. Because we have so much spending power. I don't think people Absolutely. understand how us as African Americans, we drive a lot of the spending power, but we're not using it to our advantage. Yeah, because I'm going to be pissed if Green Bar get knocked down and they turn into a Whole Foods. I am too. Because it's, be real it's, pissed it's about looking that. like that because you know that in, if you go around there, I was very impressed because you know I was out there Saturday. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, because Tyler Perry Studio is not too far down. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Thank him for keeping money in that neighborhood. He did go and put the money there. And they have fixed up aesthetically. They put trees and it looks more pleasing to the eye down there. But mm-hmm. it's still, we can do more. It's not a lot of people shopping that in there. Mm-hmm. Greenbrier not- Mall is empty. I do want to shout out, too, to Look By Joy. She has a uh, brow company that she has planted inside of Greenbrier Mall where Buster Browns used to be. I forgot what she across from now. I think okay. it's Journeys. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's in there now. Nice. 
you can go down there, ladies, and get your brows done. Don't be scared. I of, need to go visit her. Yeah, I don't be scared done. to go to Greenbrier, the West End. I may maybe the West End. You may be a little scared, but Greenbrier. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> it ain't gonna kill you. It ain't gonna kill you. <laughs> but I think if we just go and you know, a lot of the people here that's not even from here go sightseeing, go see instead of being a scared of what people telling you because Greenbrier is actually nice. Now, due to Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know. It's and just, it's, just, it's a lot of opportunities over there, you know, to, to create, you know, a business, even for myself. I mean, if I start thinking about a storefront, I have to think about, okay, is it cooler for me to do something, you know, for me, from a moral standpoint, do something in Pine City Market or Greenbrier. Exactly. You know, I have to, I really have to weigh my options as it, um, as it relates to the, those, as it relates to that, because that's the reality. You know, it's, it's difficult for me to say, okay, I'm going to go to Greenbrier because I know, you know, perhaps not as many people um, will see the, 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 you know, my storefront or the products that I have, but then I have to remember, like, what am I doing to pour into the community? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, me creating a business here, an outlet here, is beneficial to this community, and this is the foundation by which my company is built. So, you know what I mean? I think that we just have to realize that when it's time to open doors places, where should we open those doors, right. you know, and, and where should we place an emphasis in terms of our spending power? And that's, what would that's, be most beneficial for our children, our children's children? And that's, too, because I was looking. I don't know why I went back down memory lane, like, this weekend and last weekend. But I really did invest a lot of my money in Greenbrier. I used to shop at Richie's a lot. Yeah, Richie's. Oh, my goodness. Well, Macy's now, y'all. <laughs> but, and then the Magic Johnson Theater, I was there. Oh, Isn't that oh. sad? Did you go back there? I didn't go back that Man, far. Man, it's awful. It's really And so bad. they still have the building up. Yeah. It, I don't know how long it's going to be up, but. It's there. So it's just like, I think I'm going to try some to do some things around the city. I'm going to brainstorm with you, especially when springtime comes and we have longer days because mm-hmm. I really want to bring more attention to where I grew up and where we have a lot of businesses that are losing traffic now. Yeah, because your um, grandmother's neighborhood is kind of about to be taken over, too. Um, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has already yeah, been I taken was, over. I was over, here, I was over there in that neighborhood visiting a family friend recently, and uh, she was kind of telling me, uh, what was going on? Oh, baby, know? no, it, it is taking over. All of her neighbors are vanilla people, mm-hmm. primarily. And then they have, like, a little garden at the end of her street. And mm-hmm. it's just wild to walk around the West End to see, you know, people who ran from the West End walking. And run, they have the, the bikes that are mm-hmm. down there now. Mm-hmm. So the West End looks a little bit different. So I know pretty soon they are going to change the streets and do the streets because they're in the neighborhood now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it's West End is looking a little bit different than it used to, especially yeah. when... We was going to school and everything because it was just primarily us. But they're they're infiltrating. Mm. I had to even talk to the the neighbors uh, because you know I don't under I don't think they did the research to know that what neighborhood they're in. A lot of the people here are elderly, mm-hmm. so the, I told them, I'm, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to have your music loud 11, 12, 1, 2, or three o'clock because the my, your neighbor and the neighbors' neighbors are elderly. Mm-hmm. So did you not? do any research or do any kind of look around before y'all moved in and think that y'all was going to do that? Because my grandmother, you know, she go to bed if she had a long day, 9, 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then she can't go to sleep because you're... So I was like, either you can do it now or I can call the Atlanta Police Department and they come fairly quick over here because there's elderly people. Yeah, but there's no respect for the communities like there used to be. Again, when it comes to preservation, you know, you have to you have to be really invested in 
in your your community and your neighbors to really care right. what they think about it as opposed to like oh shoot this is a dope area the proximity is great you know mm-hmm. f everybody around that's the mentality <laughs> oh, now yeah. like oh, that's why they moved in yeah. that's exactly what happened because they moved in and you know since my grandmother they've been there since 1974 mm-hmm. all of the people that's already there know each other so mm-hmm. you know my grandma's like we need to go and see who moved in and get, yeah, try to get yeah. to know who and I was just like I don't uh, you know now people don't want you to be going over into the houses and stuff like that so just, we, we're just gonna wait till they get in and then we're gonna you know go and then they just really weren't receptive and I tried to tell my grandmother it's not like it used to be people that they want to know who their neighbors are and have that family, mm-hmm. you know, because the, uh, the guy that lives across the street and the neighbors, they've been there for years, and they're like family. So wow. it just, it's just disheartening when people move into the area and just have no regard, no regard what, yeah. to what they moved yeah. into and just have no respect at yeah. all, and you just trying to come in and take over. So that was just like, that is what really upset me, and that's why it spoke me to want to do the podcast about really protecting our areas because it just seemed like it's they're trying to erase everything yeah i mean there, because there's no regard i don't even know if it's like an intention to erase i think more so it's like they don't care they, they don't hold any value to the um to the heritage mm-hmm. of the communities you know yeah. and you know what i wonder what they're gonna do what i did get to see because the way i came mbk that's still that building's still there I wonder what they're going to do with that spot. Oh, that a, shopping center has been empty for a long time. A long time. time. See, that's yeah. what I've got to figure out. I need to get on somebody's board. We need to figure out how to regenerate and put something there. They could put some kind of shopping something back there like it used to be. Yeah. Not even a club because MBK, everybody used to be uh, mm-hmm. My Brother's Keeper, which was like a, what was it, a teen club? It was a teen club. Yeah, it was a teen club, but it was also like a different little shopping center in there as well. So that whole little lot is empty now. So I passed around there. And then I went to Greenbrier, just was looking around because I did get my whole life because they didn't open up Mrs. Winters. See, y'all are missing out. Where's the Mrs. Winters? They didn't open it back up across from right. the discount mall where oh, it used to be. Right in front. Mm-hmm. Nice. Girl, I went over there and got me a cinnamon squirrel and a three-piece <laughs> and got my whole entire life last week with that with the Texas Pete hot sauce. Okay. okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a Bulls person myself, but uh, so, see, yeah, I get trapped. I get in. <laughs> Texas Pete. I got you. So, yeah. So, that's why I need to try to figure it out. I don't know if y'all can tell me who I need to reach out to to try to talk to city people. Well, you, well it starts on the, on the local level. So, it starts with going to the city council meetings and understand the structure of the, um, you know, who makes those decisions. Yeah, so that's what I want to figure city, out. city council people that are responsible for those districts. And you, most of them are very, um, you know, you can you can have a personal relationship with them. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm right. I wrote that down. I want to figure out what can we do because there's still kids in that neighborhood and then it's just abandoned buildings and stuff just in around that we can yeah. put... Oh, you know, like a tire J or something, mm-hmm. something there. Yeah, it's yeah. a big enough space for them to put something that would generate more money into the neighborhood. I don't know about a Target. I prefer something black owned because you see, um, that's true. Target, which is similar to Walmart. Walmart just closed down. That's and true. Sam's, those people showed up for that, work. Yeah. Okay, you know? scratch that. So yeah, we got to We got to figure out something. You know, we could come together and do some type of a marketplace. Of, you know, some place where a lot of people can get together and you know it can be a black owned. Shopping yeah. community. That would be awesome. You know what I want? What's that? Because they, they're doing it on Marietta Street. Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, the farmer's market type deal. Mm, great idea. 
that would be perfect for that spot because people that live on that street behind there could walk there. Mm-hmm. And there's many communities that not too far from there, off of Campbellton and mm-hmm. all that can go over there. That, yeah, I think that would be perfect for that. And then people can have, like, their independent shop, dry cleaning, something something owned by us right there in that little place because it was so disheartening to come off 166 and then you see that big yeah, old empty I spot. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. And then, you know, it's crazy that they turned Circuit City into a beauty supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, beauty spot. supply store is popping, too. Goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even go in there. It just, it's I've crazy. been in there several times. It's, it's like a freaking mall. See, I knew it. So, yeah, it's just, we got to, I'm trying to brainstorm and do better this year. That's, ooh, excuse me. I'm trying to, trying to do something with the city and be more hands-on. It's just mm-hmm. not talking about what I yeah, want to Yeah, we just, don't, we just don't let our voices be heard. And, and I can say that I'm getting better at it. I do have some relationships with some city council, city council members. Um, but it's a matter of showing up mm-hmm. and, like, really trying to enforce your opinions and your ideas. And, and that's the way, you know, we get heard because our, our other, you know, our, our other people, I hate to go, well, I can't even say our people, white people, I was trying you to. You know, vanilla. I'm trying to be politically correct. I just call them vanilla people. It's okay. They white. You white know? people show up for meetings. They and they force, they enforce whatever it is they want. They will kick up a neighborhood, a, a business that has been in the community for 30 years. They will kick it out if they don't find it to be beneficial for them in the direction that they want their neighborhood to go. So I think for us, we have to do the same. Somebody exactly. has to be there to argue with them and to combat, be combative and say, no, this is our property. This is our community. And this is how we're going to handle this you know Mm -hmm. yeah you're new to the community but this is how we run our community and so once we begin to take ownership then I think that we'll be able to be a little bit um, more active in terms of the decisions that are made yeah, I think we that just, benefit us. We just need to show up, like you said. Absolutely, show up Absolutely. because a lot of the people that were showing up before are not able to show up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, that's why I have to get out of my comf- my comfort zone because I am scared. You know, I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. This is my transparency place. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm just going to not be scared and just try to go and fight for things that I'm just passionate about. Because, Absolutely. You know, I honestly think that if we, if someone had more of a hand in the community, I think Bankhead Seafood could have been saved. Yeah. I really did uh, because it was just a lack of manpower, lack of traffic, and, you know, they would just try to probably get it out anyway because of the close proximity of the new stadium. Mm-hmm. So I think if we would had our hands in that and just in touch, because I swear I'm going to have to go to the beautiful more often and get in contact with them folks because if they take the beautiful away, we're going to have some issues. Well, the pro- I think another thing is, you know, I don't know if if it's more them taking away or if us or if it's us not having relationships with the business owners for them to be able to be open and honest about the issues that they're facing right. so that people can support them because from what I read and I could be wrong if it, it seems like she's known the owner has known for a long time that there were some issues associated with that business but you know then she made the decision to close whereas if we have a relationship yeah. then I have and I have some, some influence then I can say hey you know when I go and stop by you know just like they used to do back in the day you know where everybody knew everybody mm-hmm. um, you stop by and say hey Miss Ann or whoever how's it going everything good how mm-hmm. can I help you you know what can I do for you and I think that we have to be um you know, more conscious of that. We need to be developing relationships and stop being passer, you know, people that just pass through and flow through these businesses and actually try to build and connect with them so that their um, their position in these communities can be more, um, 
I'm sorry. So that so that their position in these communities can be, you know, a little bit more valuable to the right. people that live there. Certainly. We got it. We got some uh, our, our work cut out for us. We gonna we figure do. it out. We do. We do. But we are. I think over time, with everything that has pol- happened in the political climate, we are doing. We, we've made. We've taken and made great strides to be uh, more of a participant. You know, mm-hmm. in terms of the decisions that are made. Because, Lord knows, I was one person that wasn't really confident in what was going to happen with this last campaign. I'll be honest with this last election. I'll be totally honest. Yeah. I'm so happy that we pulled it through. I am too. But, you know, it took for people to really get serious in the final hour. Like, yo, y'all know what then, what this means? And then she did the same thing like Mary Woodward, uh, what, excuse Norwood. me, Mary Norwood mm-hmm. was relentless. She did the same thing with Kasim. Mm-hmm. Just didn't want to concede. She didn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. You lost it down. Yeah. Just And then she was out here trying to just buy people and all the other stuff behind it. It was just, uh, I'm so glad she didn't. Yeah, man. Get in it could have been real it bad. Been but real it was, bad. A, I think it was a learning lesson for us. It was an eye opener for us in terms of uh, what we need to do and uh, how vocal we need to be in order to preserve what we have. Yeah, no exactly. other city has it like we got it. Right. And uh, that's why I love my city. So, so we're going to have to get it together where we can, you know, stand on the forefront for this old Atlanta movement. So, did you have anything else that you wanted to share? Anything else you got going on around the city that people can come out to? Oh, man, I got a lot of surprises up my sleeves. I don't want to talk about them prematurely in case (laughs) it takes me a minute. But but I'm working on some really, really cool things, and uh, I I would love to come back and share them with you. Definitely. We won't put Um, that out there. We're not going to. Yeah, but one thing y'all can do is follow me on Instagram predominantly. Everything else flows through Instagram. But my Instagram is at. E A E L L E. That's A T L A T E A E L L E. I know it's a lot of vowels, um, and that's where I uh, mainly promote things and kind of showcase what's what's new, what's going on. Yeah. Everything that's new, sales, discounts, yeah. free stuff. See, everything is up. everything is posted on Instagram, and then from there I have a newsletter that goes out once a week, and. Um, yeah, so I got some I got some things coming up this year, and I'm really excited because we're gonna get into a bit of storytelling um, this year. We're gonna we're gonna kind of talk about the same way I'm talking about it with you. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna find some different ways to tell the stories that are associated with some of the messages messages that have been illustrated through the brand. Nice, yeah, and I'm excited. And for and, it. and one of the goals, just like we're discussing these black-owned businesses, one of the goals is to get more in line with the newer black-owned businesses, right. you know, because now we have an opportunity. There's some there's some businesses that have been here for three, four years. We have an opportunity to start with them. You know, these businesses may be in these communities for 40 years, but if we start supporting them at this level, you know, then we can make sure their, their you know, their lineage, you know, is, is more stable in okay. those communities. So th- one of the goals is to kind of get more in pocket with the the small businesses and black-owned businesses here in the city so we can support one another. Nice. I'm excited for it. Please keep me in the loop. For sure. You know, I was your unofficial model before. (laughs) You have been. You've been a rider for me. I appreciate it. We got to hold this down. So now I'm going to segue into our financial tip of the month, which is provided by Lakeisha Lander. She's the program director of the financial literacy at Clark Atlanta University. She was on the show episode four, I believe. So if y'all want to get some financial tips, Mm -hmm. so make sure you check out that episode. So this is what she want me to share with you guys for this month. Make sure you are getting the pay that you deserve, worth, 
and spend less than you earn. In order to save and maximize with other financial gains, a person must effectively move into this space. In order to save, budget, and move ahead of what you have, I guess income-wise, typically you need to do two things to find you know, financial stability and you know, plan your debt management and underpayment. A lifestyle change is the reality we need to you know, do a honest evaluation of the needs versus wants. A frugal lifestyle helps meet the financial growth. 49% of Americans are living check to check. Mm. So yeah, we definitely, um, that's what I'm doing now. I'm starting to save more and spend less. Yeah, for, that was definitely on the goal list for this year. Yeah, especially with all how the financial stuff is going on with, you know, the you know the U.S. is putting uh, president, not my president. What's he doing? So y'all need to make sure y'all stay on top of the taxes and everything as well. Mm. I, I think I'm gonna have somebody talk about that too on the show. Yeah, that could be very informative. All wow. these new tax stuff Man, is coming down. What? The pipeline is uh, very is very overwhelming, but yeah, so. I do want to thank you for coming out. You came out on your Founders Day. You know, I shout did. out to all the Deltas out, out there. Shout out to my Sarah. So I love people spending their, like, their birthdays and their Founders <laughs> Days with me on my show now. Yeah. I feel so loved. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate being celebrated. So whether it's my birthday or Founders <laughs> Day or whatever, the fact that you asked me to come, I knew for sure I had to be here. And shout out to you for keeping this 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 going you know? oh yes girl it's a struggle but um, you know i'm getting there it's very different space from me blogging so mm -hmm. you know i'm trying to it's do audio it audio blog though it's really cool i, I love know it. that's what somebody it. else told me man yeah, it's audio blog yeah so um you know i have the email now people so if you want me to talk about topics or you know if you have questions that you want me to answer on the show email me at awkwardgirlpod at gmail.com and I'm really loving the 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 post uh, for the the what am I trying to say my reviews on the mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. Y'all are so sweet. Somebody told me that I'm their Atlanta homegirl. Oh, y'all are sugar mama. I don't know your real name. <laughs> Thank you, girl. Whoever you are, Thank I appreciate you. it. So make sure you tell your friends subscribe, subscribe, and leave reviews. Is how help people you know find me in the search engines. It helps my you know people find me and you know. I think that's about it for this week you know i'll be back maybe next week or two weeks from now before the end of the month because you know i am gonna touch on the subject next dating in atlanta oh, and i Lord am child. yes and i am deep diving into this i've interviewed my mother i'm interviewing elders and then you know i'm gonna i can't wait to hear that i have so many opinions on it yeah so. i do too it's, it's just crazy so uh state that's definitely gonna be the next episode so um, I'm trying to do more research so I have all my eyes dotted and my teeth crossed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. about the subject because I have I have my opinion on things of how things have changed from us dating in high school to me in my adult life. It's mm -hmm. just it's just crazy how mm -hmm. things have changed. But mm -hmm. we're gonna get into that. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in. I don't have an insightful quote this week, but I just want us to as Black people show up for each other, check on each other, and we got to do better this year and also happy new year because this is my first podcast for the new year so happy oh. new year to y'all i'm honored to be here for the first podcast yes it's 2018 we kicking it off right i gotta get you know talk about all things atf straight up <laughs> so i'll see y'all guys uh in about two weeks or so and always thank you for tuning in <laughs>